I only paint when I'm able to have a conversation with the canvas, it kind of feels like. I wasn't trying to discover myself as an artist. I just wanted to discover myself and do art. <laughs> When I was 12 years old, I read the, the whole Bible, like front to back, even though I'm not Christian or anything. I was just really, it was a good story. There's not very many women in that book, except for like reproduction and, you know, you're a sinner, <laughs> you're a temptress. Most indigenous cultures have more exciting stories about women. I started getting really interested in ancient Egyptian spirituality. So Ma'at is one of the goddesses and she kind of represents balance. She has these different laws that you're supposed to live by if you want to enter into the next realm. There's so much that history does not teach you about kingdoms that are just run by queens and what did women in power look like, you know? Because today we think that women in power looks like you're in like a bikini and like you make a lot of money. <laughs> That's being in power. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, we have Saba, whom I met at the Ishiyoga Center. And the, the, she was actually part of the, the photo shooting for the Nandi and Adiyogi collection. And that's how the two of us kind of uh, really, really met each other. Um, and we've been in touch since then. And I, I love her art. I love how she expresses herself um, through that and we i just we just finished the uh, the podcast and we it was it was such a such a beautiful flow of of thoughts and i i really enjoyed this we talked about our experiences of smoking cannabis taking psychedelic mushrooms being high on life and being dependent upon substances we talked about her new Instagram page, The Cosmic Matronage, which goes into the history of goddesses and mother worship. We talked about the state of nothingness, how the, the relationship between offering, giving, and receiving. And we talked about Devi Seva. So I hope you enjoyed this one. If you could just introduce yourself a little bit to the audience, how uh, how growing up was for you and then how seeking started. So I'm from Nairobi in Kenya. Um, and I think there's been many times where I've had, like in my childhood, where I've started wondering what is the purpose of this life. But there was times when like it got so intense that I just really put it out of my mind completely. Like I remember one particular time I was young and I suddenly realized like I'm going to die. Like I was like 12 years old and I asked my dad, I was like, why, why are we going to die? And he said, everybody's going to die. And then I started crying for like, <laughs> like intensely crying <laughs> for like some hours. And then I, and then I just let it go. Um, and then like with my friends, sometimes we would be singing and, and like wondering like, are we in like a in the brain of a giant? Like what, what if we're like in the brain of some like big giant? <laughs> I had those thoughts too, but I feel like I was influenced by movies. Maybe, I don't know. Like, I think it was just like wondering, like, because seeing like how answer there like mm. your brain cells like do the brain cells know that they're in 
a human like you know stuff like we were just you know just thinking about it and we would just be like sitting on the grass looking at this at the clouds and just like talking about it but um we kind of got in Kenya it's kind of common that you you start partying at like age 14 years old so yeah that kind of took the forefront of my life um for several years and then i left kenya when i was like 16 or 17 and we moved to the us and um here i mean in the us it was such a different atmosphere so like there was still partying and stuff with um other teens but it was like the the environment was like the like uh, the the relationships people had with each other had a different energy so it was such a big shock for me so i had quite a lot of existential crisis and uh, yeah things started getting crazy and um yeah uh, some certain things happened that um sort of shook me really off balance and then i um i stopped you know participating in that kind of style um then i was in university and um at first i tried to go to classes and stuff like that but then um pretty quickly i just realized like it's just what's the point <laughs> what is the point of this <laughs> like it seems so cerebral and i and i hated it it didn't feel like you know i remember like because i was in an art school so that's the mm. place it should be not cerebral you know and um i remember i would do a lot of projects that would be because we have to always explain and like prove and explain and um sort of like analyze everything like very very cerebral and i would do like performance pieces where it was like i'm a flower that's being that's dying and i'm like explain explain <laughs> some silly stuff that was like rebelling against um the way that they were trying to like shape us and then i started just going to the ocean so i was in san francisco i started just going to the ocean and sitting with the trees and just being by myself like uh one of the most intense years of my life really because it was it was like um i don't know i i really changed like really realizing that you know there's something more to life and i want to have it and i didn't know where to look and i looked so many places and you know so many different spiritual teachers and and then i dropped out of university and then that summer like i was still looking and i started smoking weed again because like i couldn't find something that would you know i i just needed something to feel like an escape so i started smoking weed again and then a few months later like uh, i just found sadguru all of a sudden and i remember like i was just watching him and then i and then i clicked on the one about the weed smoking weed and i had just ordered some weed <laughs> <laughs> i just ordered the weed and then i watched that video and like i hadn't yet it hadn't yet the guy hadn't yet come over to I remember like finishing the video and saying I'm finished and I just texted him like I'm done don't send Really <laughs> That was it and that was the end of it Wow yeah. so, <laughs> so, sorry <laughs> After that I did all the you know I did in engineering that summer I waited a few months and I did um my um uh, initiation with Sadhguru um like one year after that um I did my initiation with Sadhguru in Philadelphia and then 
a day later, the next day after initiation, I was on the plane to um, the ashram and then Mm. that's where I met you. Yeah, wow, that's like, you didn't even have to think about should I go or should I not go, you just like were clear about it. So when you say you dropped out of art school, but nowadays, you know, you're still participating in it. I mean, behind you, I see those flowers. Uh, I remember the project that you did. And yeah. then uh, we see we see your art on, on your Instagram as well. So how, how would you say um, like dropping out of out of the college um, changed your perception of art or how did it develop? Um, actually, I had such an interesting experience, like my roommate and I both, um, we both just like to paint for the, for the joy of it, you know, like for us, it's just about, we just wanted to improve our skill so that um, we can paint things and do things more beautifully. Um, but we, I found that at the school, it was about trying to form an identity in a way like um, your art you're, you're trying to form an identity with your art and then you're trying to break out of the identity and I felt the whole thing seemed really kind of like cyclical and I, I mean I appreciate all art and I'm not criticizing anybody's art who's there or people who go to art school I'm just for me personally I didn't I wasn't trying to like discover myself as an artist I just wanted to discover myself and do art. <laughs> mm. So I didn't feel like it was the place for me. And um, I actually stopped painting for a really long time after going to art school because I didn't have any joy. It, it kind of removed the joy of it for me. So um, I started painting again actually last summer. Like I, I used to paint a lot when I was a teenager. Like that was, for me, that was a spiritual experience. And um, I remember one painting I did where like, I really felt like it was alive and it was, it was like guiding me. Like it was really weird, but it was like a face and it was like, I would look at it. I, if I was stressed out, I would look at it and I would feel like I could hear it mm. like in a kind of like giving me advice. Like it's very crazy to say something like that, but um, it, it really was, it had that effect on me and painting had that kind of effect on me. Like I, I really was able to, you know, now I understand it, that you're able to completely dissolve into the process and you kind of get some clarity. And it, yeah, so it was like that. And um, yeah, I started painting again last summer um, just for fun. I, I wanted to, I really like um, classical styles of like painting from India and Persia and stuff like that. I like the miniature paintings and I like telling stories. So I just wanted to paint some, um, pictures that like told a little bit of stories like you know the one I did of um, Shiva and Devi and um, yeah stuff like that I, I'm a storyteller so painting is kind of like a way for me to um, to share like a vibe that I feel and I can try to um, paint it and share it with somebody else how did your paintings change once you started to do uh, yoga and meditation? How did the process of painting change? It's uh, a good question. Because I hadn't <laughs> painted for so long before, I, I, I can't really remember how it felt 
like before. Mm. But before I was drunk the whole time. <laughs> I used to drink a lot of wine when I was painting before. Now I don't. So I'm kind of like, um, I guess, I guess like I'm kind of aware of the magic that goes into it. Like um, I, before, like the one thing that I, I only paint when I'm able to like have a conversation with the canvas, it kind of feels like. So like, I don't paint something that I see in my head. I can have something in my head in the beginning, but the me and the canvas are like having a collaboration and if it doesn't want to do something, it's not going to do it. And so <laughs> I have to like, kind of like, you know, weave around it and feel and like really, it's like feeling like what goes where. And it's it's like, I don't know, it's like playing a game or something or improvising. Like it's not, it's it allows me to put myself aside. And um, now after doing the yoga, I get to, um, I get to observe that and I get to, um, like understand what's happening more and um, like I have a, a student and um, something really amazing that was happening was like I was just telling her these things like I'm not telling her like this is how you well yeah a little bit of like this is how you blend this is how you do this very little mostly it's just like you connect with the canvas like try to feel where you you know try to see like the you know what possibilities are here and there and like without really giving much instruction, she's painted something that it, it's like, we're like twins. Like we've painted something. It's like, she just completely like captured like my, like uh, my style, I guess. I don't know what it is, but she's 12 years old and, and she uh -huh. just, she's amazing. She also does yoga, mm. but like she just did it so like, I was just like, wow, like if you can do this at 12 years old, what are you gonna do when you get to 18 years mm. old? And it was something like, you know how Sadhguru talks about like um, transmitting, you know, you transmit something. Yeah. I really felt like that's what happened. Like looking through the screen at her painting, I was like, whoa, that looks like I just went and painted something. Wow. <laughs> it wow. was crazy. Yeah, what a crazy. beautiful experience. Yeah, it was really, 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 really awesome. That sounds Obviously, like you're... Yeah. I said, obviously she has her own style, but like, um, I mean, in, in anything that you learn, you usually take a little bit of essence from your teacher. Yeah. So I was just, I was just blown away. Like it was freaking yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're a natural teacher, you know, like you, you really enjoy teaching. Can you talk about the experience of, of being a teacher and how that was part of your path? as well so i i don't have a degree so i did i don't have a teaching degree but i do have i've worked with kids for the past like 10 years like since i was 15 years old working with kids has been my jobs like back to back um i i love working with children i feel like they totally like we we have like such a natural and very honest um, relationship and like um, I they appreciate the fact that I I see them as you know full human beings and you know we I become very good friends with quite a lot of kids um, and they trust me and I and I trust them because they're so cool <laughs> they're so real 
Um, I love it. I think you know, working with kids is something that's so important to me because um, I've had so many experiences that I see now could have, my life could have, um, my life really needed like a certain kind of guidance from adult figures that I didn't really have. So um, I, I just have learned from my own growth, like what is it that children really need? And having to like speak up for myself since I was really young about um, various different things and try to navigate and, you know, try to, um, try to navigate as, you know, as a girl and also as a child who like amongst um, adults who look at children as like, you know, like they're not able to like um, articulate what they need. Um, I became very good at speaking and writing and like arguing. <laughs> so I just have, in a way, it's like I got a psychology degree also from learning about all these different things like that influenced um, us. And from yoga also, I learned a lot of things from studying a lot of different things, from observing a lot of different things. And yeah, it's really important to me to figure out how to meet each child and be able to um, offer them what they need to grow and offer them an environment they need to grow and watch how certain kids uh, um, who have different kind of trouble, I watch when their parents come to pick them up, I, I'm really paying attention, like how do they interact? Who is this person? Like how's this parent within themselves? And I really see there's such a big influence on the child, how the parent is. And, I pick up on all these things. And so that's kind of the reason why um, uh, one of the projects we're working on is we want to build like a school in Kenya. And we just want to have it not so much for the education purpose that we want to be able to eventually offer like really good education that they can, you know, have access to a future that they want, but that um, they have a space that's really like um, catered toward like nourishing the curiosity, the joy, um, the intelligence that they have. And so, yeah, and we, we've just been kind of brainstorming and putting together a lot of different things. And that's one of the things we're working on. What's your role in, in that? Do you want to, to be there and teach there? Um, or you, you're not sure? <laughs> I have no idea. It's mm. One of those things is too far ahead for me to know that. I mm. just want to establish it and then see what comes next. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. But I've seen that you are raising funds for for it as well. So um, I will I will link it uh, in, in the video, video description. So if anybody feels like they want to support you in this vision, they can they can do it. That would be awesome, yeah. So in, in this summer, what we're going to do is we're going to do a mobile feeding program. So we'll be going to the public schools that are already established and we'll be like offering like really nice, you know, we'll be offering meals, we'll be offering, um, you know, art activities, sports, you know, we have, our team has like such a diverse group of people. We have artists, we have um you know sports people like physical trainers we have um you know musicians we have even there's a yoga teacher who 
who was teaching at the Uganda school, Sadhguru's Uganda school, who's joining our team now. And so we'll be able to offer yoga, we'll be able to, you know, do all these things. So this summer, we're just gonna like, uh, because we don't have the space, we want to, we call it keep it pay or on the move. And we're just going to like um, see where we're able to have these, um, like give offerings and to collect data and to find out like how many kids we're going to be serving and um, the exact details so that we can start, you know, the serious crackdown on the work. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I can I can really relate to what you're saying because I started to work uh, in a kindergarten and actually in my past I've uh, worked in like multiple kindergartens and I I always see kids saying things like um, they want to draw something but then they sit down to draw and they're like I can't draw like I don't know how to draw you know and I'm like some like somebody had uh, like somebody told you that you can't draw that's why you can't draw you know it's not it's not that you can't draw you just feel like whatever you draw is not good enough you know mm -hmm. and so i feel like um we can we can change um how how they how they feel about them by you know them trying at least trying it out and so i've, I've seen a lot of um kids uh you know kind of open up to things just by well why don't you try it out so i love i love the um the work that, that that you're doing in this direction it's so important yeah we 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 just want to have a space because it's particularly it's for the local kids and a lot of kids are not in school and there's an issue with in this particular area because it's like a tourist hub and um people usually who go there you know they get wasted basically for holidays or whatever um, we just want to have a, a space where kids, um, you know, particularly local kids in that area, once they reach a certain age, there's kind of like um, an unfortunate reality of hard drug use. And, you know, um, we just want to be able to intervene and to offer another option and to offer not just edu education and like, you know, music and arts and sports and things like that free of cost. We want to also have um, a, like support systems so that um, you know we can offer help um, for like starting sustainable businesses, small businesses, like you know um, have all the things that they might need so that they can um, basically help their own community. We're not we don't want just to be giving charity. We want to have a space that can be a place for transformation on all levels. Um, we definitely want to have the yoga because that's just so important for some, somebody's development. Um, and we also just want to be able to support them into um, creating their dreams and seeing that it's possible no matter what. You know? So the first things first is that we do this, and then we can, then we can also talk, we can also help them to do their dream. Mm. Yeah. You, you talked about uh, storytelling, that you love storytelling. And I remember um, you were speaking about uh, an idea of writing a book. So um, where, where, did, where did that start? Um, was it writing a diary in, in your childhood? Or um, like, I don't know, where, where did the storytelling start and where is it going now? <laughs> 
I love storytelling my whole life. I don't know when it began. I just know that even in kindergarten, I was drawing. Like I would draw. I would take a piece of paper and like. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would like take a piece of paper like this, and on the bottom you'd see a bunch of little characters, and then I would get a new paper. <laughs> and, turn oh. and I would like scribble, like you know what's going on in this in the picture, and like have all these stories. Like I wrote stories like my whole childhood, like I was obsessed. Um, and I I really, really loved writing. Um, and even my teachers thought it was like really good, not to, I'm not trying to say I'm really good, I'm not. But at that time, because I did it all the time, I was pretty good for my age. Um, then I went to high school and then like creative writing became, again, it just, it became, it just, the joy somehow got sucked out of it. Maybe the grading, maybe like expectation, like maybe like constantly like, you know, fixing, fixing. I lost um, my passion for it. And um, I wasn't even thinking about it until last Christmas, my mom bought me some, like one of the things I loved a lot is fantasy books. Like I love fantasy. Um, I love reading fant fantasy, I love imagining. So my mom bought me this, like a bunch of like kids books. And she was like, well, you, can, you should read it and then you can write one by yourself. And I was like, eh. And then I was just looking and, and I was like, you know what, maybe I kind of want to read a fantasy. She didn't buy me a fantasy book, but then I went and I bought um, this book called Children of Blood and Bones. And like, it's kind of like this, it's this like magic, like fan, young adult like magic fantasy whatever based on the Aruba culture which is like gods and goddesses and it's yeah. really of Nigeria so like it was really exciting because I haven't read something like that um so I was like oh my god this is so cool and I kind of got back into like the passion and I started reading a lot and then I started um a friend of mine had told me this like one little fact about a particular goddess like in Arabia and and then after, like a few months later, like when I was reading the book, like the thought came back again and this whole story like started like coming up, like this whole story. So I started writing, uh, writing it down, scribbling it down and I've been working on it since last, last December. And I finished the first draft. Now I'm just like editing, editing, which will take a long time. <laughs> take, your, take your time. That's that's the process, but it's wonderful. And when you when you talk about the goddess, um, you know, it's you you are establishing something else, which is going in in that direction, and and you know, telling telling about the history of goddesses and and mother worship. Um, yeah, please talk a little bit about um, the Instagram page and 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 the the vision that you have. Yeah. So um, I like history and mythology and all those kind of things, like. History, art, and English were the only subjects. English, when I say English, I mean like creative writing. Those are the three things I only liked um, in school. Um, so history, because I don't know, it's I love to learn about, you know, how cultures used to be and how, you know, events that happened that shaped the world. And I've been always interested in like when I was 12 years old I read the the whole bible like front to back even though I'm not Christian or anything I was just really it was a good story so <laughs> so I read it <laughs> and um I was just kind of interested like 
there's not very many women in that book except for like mm. reproduction and you know you're a sinner <laughs> you're a temptress those are the only um kind of mentions of women like the good obedient women who obeyed the prophet the brother who obeyed mm. um abraham who obeyed, whatever and i was just interested in that and um like as i got older like you know i i mean i used to have a book on adam and eve and everything my background on one side is is muslim and they also have the adam and eve story um and i just always that story always came back in my mind and i'd always read the book like why did god why was god so mean like why how how were they supposed to know yeah, okay yeah fine they made a mistake like why would he have the tree there if they're not to, <laughs> if it's really that bad that they eat it you know he's god can't he like make make like a wall of i don't know something like it was just always these questions coming up like what this doesn't really make any sense and then um yeah i started learning about um you know all the different cultures like you know all the different myths and legends and most indigenous cultures have more exciting stories about women like in native america there's like the the spider who like she you know she's the grandmother spider and um there's all kinds of really interesting like um stories including women and including you know really interesting stuff basically i want to add something to this you know i i started to observe um um spiders at some point in my life and i was like uh what, all my life i was so scared of the like not scared but i was like ah i i don't want them in my room and then i like once i started to pay attention then i was like wow these are amazing creatures you know they're building their own web and they're living in this and then i looked it up and i saw there are one of the few creatures where or, or you know insects where the female is bigger than the male and the female is the one that is eating the male and i was like wow nature is not like putting the male on top of everything no there's balance and everything and i was so it was so beautiful since then i i, I look at uh, them so differently yeah that that's something that I, i really find i i love to see you know the roles in of in nature of men like male and female is so interesting because in uh, for humans you know for the past few centuries women have been told like we have to impress men we have to please men all the time so like we're always the ones who have to you know catch the attention and whatever but in the natural world it's like the women are just just chilling and the men are like putting on these huge <laughs> yeah the peacock like huge shows <laughs> and like big dynamic <laughs> so i find it so funny um yeah and like uh so learning about all these like learning about all these different things and seeing how like the, one of the things that happened to me during that year um in college was that i started getting really interested in like um ancient egyptian spirituality and um i found like a community um it was with this woman called queen afua and like she she do, she does like basically womb healing like womb circles like where women come together and we um basically there was all these different like the uh, the laws of maat are basically covered but like so maat is one of the goddesses and she kind of represents balance and um she has these different laws that you're supposed to live by if you want to enter into the next realm like you know 
I wouldn't say heaven, but I would say, you know, the next level of your evolution or whatever. So, um, yeah, so it was really interesting. So there's the, all these different things you can do, which we do in yoga, like our diet, like waking up at certain time of the day, like having these cultivating certain kind of thoughts, um, you know, establishing the right kind of relationships, uh, honoring yourself, you know, creativity, dancing, yoga, all these kind of things. And so that was like my first introduction into like goddess culture, like myself, you know, like getting to, you know, be in an environment that was like female centered and that was, you know, learning about a culture where goddesses influenced the civilization. And so that was really interesting for me. And um, yeah, like I, I, I was really interested in this and I, uh, it kind of rekindled my like curiosity about um, goddesses. And, you know, I started learning about other cultures, goddesses. And recently a few things have been happening where I've been just noticing that it's kind of like um, a lot of misconception about what is what does it mean to be empowered as a female so i and and i find that a lot of the current narratives are based on uh, these misconceptions are based on like a historical pattern of like misunderstanding um you know what it means to be a woman or whatever what it how does what it means to be healthy as a woman what it means to be liberated as a woman, so many misconceptions about this, um, distortions based on the influences that we are always being bombarded with, the media, music, um, you know, the entertainment industry. So I, I wanted to revisit this, um, you know, uh, the history of the matriarchy so I can, so I can basically share about you know, what does, what did, what did women in power look like, you know, because today we think that women in power looks like you're in like a bikini and like you make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. That's being in power. And I don't think that's being in power. So I wanted to really like inspire, like, um, you know, what does it mean to be a queen, you know, like, not just be a queen because you wear a lot of makeup and like, you look really good. Like, no, I, I, I want something substance, you know, so I, that's why I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn and I wanted to share. And I've been learning like some really like epic things. You know, there's so much that history does not teach you about. Like there's empresses and uh, like matri like que like kingdoms that are just run by queens and like they they were like super like powerful and but we don't learn about it in history. It's like no mention, just crickets. Wow. You know, there's so much like this. And yeah. so I wanted to be a source of um, like an educational source about these things. So I've been taking time. And I also wanted to um, have the opportunity to paint these stories because I really think it's awesome. So um, I'm trying to keep up with it and to paint um, these different stories and, and hopefully to share as frequently as possible. And I think that people will be really excited because like these, some of these stories are so interesting like, for example, I'll just say one really quick one, but it's like, I just learned the other day about this, like, um, this empire run by women in South Africa, and they're called the Rain Queens. And apparently Marvel did, like, a comic book about um, the particular, the first queen or whatever she, I have to find out the name because I read it very briefly, but 
um, apparently these women had the ability to like make rain um, fall and they were like really respected like by even like male um, like the you know kings and emperors and all that like they were really respected like they would come to them for like a you know blessing and everything like this because these women were so powerful so I, this is just something that is so exciting and so that's one of the reasons why I decided to do this page. Mm. So at, at the cosmic matronage that were yeah people can you find. you you gave me that name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to find out a good name, and then I I was giving Stephen a list of names, and I don't know where you came out with that idea from, but that was epic. My me and my my friend, um, we we um. So when I came back from the ashram, at some point, like. I actually, almost a year later, when, when you came back from Samyama, that was when I kind of uh, started to spiritual shop. You know, I was just like look, tr watching a lot of videos and I, I wanted to figure out everything by, with my mind. You know, I just wanted l logic, even though in so, in so many ways, I knew that this is not how I will find anything. This is just how I will get caught up. You know, this is how I will get distracted. This is how I will um, make a conclusion and therefore stop seeking. And so you reminded me of um, the importance of, of Devi. And, and so I, I started to connect to her again um, by, you know, lighting her lamp, um, chanting the, the stuti and um, whatever, whatever there was, whatever was available. And so slowly uh, things were starting to happen. Like um, I would say, I, I would call them um, rep representations of the divine feminine came into my life. Like different, different women came into my life that uh, I learned so much from them, you know? And um, again, just by like getting in touch with Devi or doing my best to be on because she's on always, you know? So just like trying to be on. And since I've been doing that, things have changed miraculously in so many ways. And so um, this idea of, of the male being the supreme or the male being something higher or better, um, I, I would say since I watched Sadhguru, that, that was kind of a way. Before, I, I always thought, you know, women, at some point I was just like, they're just like um, an award, you know, like you're showing your friends a picture of a girl and, and they're like approving it. They're like, oh, yeah, she's hot and this and that. And everybody was was just like, this is normal, you know. And now when I look at it, I'm like, even if I see a beautiful woman on the street, I would never say something like, oh, my God, you know, I would sleep with her. And I use, like me and my friends, we would be like. We thought it was normal, like calling out on, on, on women and I, I don't know, even in society, even nowadays when I when like when I work at different I, I worked a lot um at a lot of um events, different events, and so I saw the behavior of males. It was disgusting. But everybody else around it was just like, okay, fine. And so I feel like what, what you're doing is just like exactly what, what what is needed you know for people to become aware of, of the significance and power of um, the female so yeah <laughs>
That's awesome that you that you have had that kind of change. That's exactly what all men should have. And this is one of the things that was taken away when um, the matriarchies fell. Like most people think like, um, one, okay, I'll tell you a little bit of a funny thing. So I'm reading this about um, like Aboriginal um, traditions and I just posted a little bit about um, male rites of passage, which I think are very important for men. But one of the things that was funny was like, um, there was a situation where um, in the book, the people who were, who were like um, living with the community and uh, apparently there was like a sacred word that was um, just for males to, you know, to use and like, so, the word was said and the, the the guest was like what does this mean like uh, and then the, the he asked the woman who speaks english and the woman um was like um men, uh, she was like women can't even say it it's so sacred and then and then the uh, apparently one of the elders the male elders was like yeah like really feeling good about himself and then later on like the next day they were like walking through the forest with the women only and like something happened, like she stepped on a rock or something, and she started just cursing with that word. <laughs> but basically, the point was that like um, the women really understand um, and support, like they understand the men, the male like uh, psyche. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting, like how how uh, how it's kind of like how we see in India, you know, there's the 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 linga is always in the like the symbolism of the womb and even though the womb by itself is not standing up like you know in the forefront of everything without it like it, it there's no um it creates the necessary foundation for anything of value to happen you know so it doesn't need to be like on the front page it doesn't need to have all the attention but it creates the ambience for everything of worth to happen. So um, in this particular culture, it's like um, the women are kind of like uh, just creating a space, you know, they create a space the whole time. And like they, even if the man like thinks he is superior, he thinks he's the chief or whatever, it's like, you know, the women are fine. You think that as long as we are able to mm. shape and um, uh, basically we are the ones who, I mean, not we, but they, like the women are the ones who, uh, who mold these rites of passage based on their ability to understand the male and the male psyche and what the male needs in order to grow into uh, uh, conscientious, uh, conscientious is not the right word, but um, a positive and like really impactful and balanced and grounded human being who serves life who serves the planet who serves this community mm. and i found it so interesting so i'm definitely going to be uh, finding out more information about this because um you know i think that we can't expect things to get better for women unless we start to change the way that males are raised um that's definitely important and i know i posted that and some some people were kind of annoyed at, like why why do we have to always take care of men and I'm like, well, <laughs> if we don't take care of them, it's not, it's, if we don't take care of them, we don't, we also don't take care of ourselves. You know, like, that's how human beings are. Like we really are interlinked. 
So it's kind of like, I just want the space to um, present an alternate way of living, an alternate way of society um, to function that is for the best interest of everyone. And it's not about women having power, it's just, it's or men having power. It's, it's about creating a society where we get to function at our highest, um, you know, so that's the purpose of, yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Um, I would love to um, get your experience of, of being with Davy, and um, I think you were you also did Davy Seva, right? Yeah. So if you could talk about that, because um, yeah, like I, I shared with you, you you kind of reminded me of, of the significance of her. Even though I had the goody and everything, um, I really didn't make the effort to 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 connect, and and so. Um, uh, like I like I shared, you know. So would love to know your experience. Sure. Um, so Davy Seva was like the first thing I did when I got to India. So I was doing volunteering, and I did three days of being in the kitchen, like my first three days of being in India, um, or being in Diksha, and then I I was put into the Devi Temple. And I remember like there was just, it was such a small group and it was like, I guess it was the men's turn, but um, there wasn't enough men. So a few old ladies were joining them, like, um, uh, yeah, just like two old ladies and, and only one, one or two people spoke English from the group. And I felt so like blissed out, like volunteering with them. I was just like, this is the most beautiful thing in the whole world. And so I was like, I have to sign up for the next, you know, Davy Seva. And it was happening in like two days. So I signed up for the ladies Davy Seva. And it was like, I don't know, like 12 ladies. It was not. The, <laughs> it was not the same as how it was when I was just chilling with the two people. It was crazy. It was very intense and very intense experience. Really exciting. You know, like I feel like you know, the, the women and the men who do the Davy Saver, like their, their experiences are always different. I've noticed that women who do Davy Saver tend to go on this roller coasters of emotion. Like we, we like have fights with each other, we're like <laughs> crying someday. <laughs> it's such a, <laughs> we're like, so, you know, like we're just like, so, and men, I noticed that they tend to get more mature and more peaceful and, like, you know, they just become so, you know, <laughs> but women are just, we just like on this roller coaster. So it was really funny. It was really exciting. Um, yeah, definitely intense. And yeah, it was just amazing. Like, I just felt like I could just be with Davy, you know, forever. But I, I started to connect with Davy before I even went to the ashram. So I... Before I found Sadhguru, like when I used to do like vision board stuff. And I had this, I, I like posted a picture of this girl, like woman wearing like long red, you know, capes and all that. And I just felt like, and some like images of Shakti and everything. I didn't know much about, you know, Devi and the Indian goddesses, but I had, I had briefly started listening to this Durga mantra before things started to get crazy in my life like a few years prior to that. So I definitely think it had something to do with it. Like it really, it just shattered everything and, and like broke apart the whole structure of my life and something new came out of it. But essentially I was connecting with her and I was, I was wishing that I can really connect with 
the mother of creation. Like that was my really strong wish. And um, so I started, I found Sadhguru and I started watching, you know, like the consecration of Devi and all this before I got initiated, before I went. And I, I was listening to the chants that, and I just felt so magical when I would listen to it and when I'd watch it, I just felt so excited like about, it was just so exciting. Um, so yeah, when I went there, I, I, I felt that I already had a, connected with her because I had her picture, I had a lamp before I went to India. And when I went to India, I realized that I had been connecting with her because the energy had been in my space. Like the energy that I felt with her, I had already been feeling like in my space. So that was really cool and interesting. And a number of different things also happened that showed me that she was like helping me, like even on the journey from the US to India, a number of things happened. And um, it was very clear for me that she was kind of with me and, and yeah, I, I feel, like when I'm with her it's sometimes it's very intense and it's it's difficult like within myself stuff comes up a lot of emotional stuff comes up um, other times it's blissful like it's extremely blissful it's absolutely stunning she's just so um she's so intoxicating and overpowering like she just kind of fills even if I even if I don't stay on the you know the sadhana, um, she it's kind of like she's just always it's like she's just become such a much a part of myself that I um, that I don't anymore know any like the I know she's you know, I know there's a difference but I also don't know there's a difference it's kind of hard to explain it like she's just like come become a part of my conscious like consciousness you know so i uh, i i can't really i don't know how to mm. explain it better but essentially I, I don't know like i i'm not the same person that i was before her and um at the same time i it's not like there's somebody in my head that's like i'm over here <laughs> it's just my intelligence has changed and sadhguru talked about it in the last Darshan also like something just happened it feels like maybe she like she blacked my head or something hmm. <laughs> and things have changed um yeah uh, I guess uh that that's it but I'll share one little wonderful thing that happened to me that was really special was during Navaratri in the Isha Yoga Center in 2018 um I it was the it was the Lakshmi Puja day and I remember like it was such a happy day like we were laughing so much like me and the girls who were you know with us like going for the event and I remember like afterwards like in the music I was just sitting and listening to the music and I actually felt the sensation that like I'm sitting on her lap like physically felt the sensation that I'm sitting on somebody's lap and they're rocking me like back and forth it was really crazy really 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 awesome she's just she's the best <laughs> i'm talking a lot i realize <laughs> oh that, what a beautiful experience uh, it's wow i don't know what to say <laughs> but worshiping worshiping the female um 
is, is something that I feel humans have been doing for a long time, but um, I don't know now nowadays like when when I when I look around here, um, I guess it's probably because of the the um, patriarchal religions, right? Like Christianity and and even Muslim people. I, I don't know. If, I feel like I was asked what, uh, about this ring, you know, and I told them like basically it's a balance between masculine and feminine. And they they looked at me and they were like, "Are you an atheist?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> a balance between feminine and masculine means you are an atheist. Wow, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, it feels so important to me though. Um, I don't know. It's just yeah. I mean, you you can easily get lost. I feel as well, like asking for too, like asking for a lot of things. I feel like in in India, um, uh, certain people that that um, that are there who were always um, looking for what what they're receiving, you know, instead of for what you're offering, for what you're giving. Um, could you could you share your perspective on on, on that? Like um, the state of, of nothing um, being freedom, not like not wishing for anything, but yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I have a problem my whole life, like asking for things from people has always given me like I kind of tense up, like I don't like it. Even like when you're like, I'll post the link for the money below. It's like, I, I didn't even like to ask for money for this project, you know? And that's something that we also have to learn how to do is to also receive. But when it comes to giving, I love to give things, you know, giving, like since I was young, like you just, I just give, I buy clothes in the summer holidays or my mom buys me clothes. And then my friends come to my house and I just suddenly feel like giving them all my clothes. Mm. <laughs> like you would look good in this, you would look good in this. You know? There's such a joy in like, you know, uh, there's such a joy in, you know, giving something to someone and making their life a little bit better or making them feel happy. Like this, it, it just, it's just so, so much more exciting than actually getting something for yourself. Mm. Because once you get something, it's a dead end. Mm. When you give something, it has you 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 get to see them happy first of all you get to see something good happening to someone else and you actually experience what they're getting but even more magnified so when it comes to offering something to you know the um, deities it's just like when you are asking for something like you you actually block off receiving i don't know how I, mm. I, does that make sense yes like when that makes giving, sense yeah. if you when if you want giving, something then you're kind of putting it in a box like this is what i want like santa you know like writing down this is what i want this is what i want but you're kind of closing down the possibilities of beyond what's beyond that what you want you don't even get to feel it like you might be you might be you because when we're asking for something particular we are asking for an experience. Um, we're not actually asking for the thing. So we, we might get that thing, but we might feel unfulfilled because it's, it's a certain feeling that we're looking for. We're not looking for something that's material. So when you're offering something 
um, I find that you know you 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 are sharing a feeling. You're not giving you're not giving a thing. You're sharing a feeling. So by sharing the feeling, by sharing the offering, like it, it kind of makes it easier when you're offering something physical, but you don't have to. Like Sadhguru says, you know, it's not about what you give, it's about how you give it. When you're offering something, you are actually feeling what it is you're looking for, you know? You're, you're, you're giving something of yourself that's, that you feel is special and wonderful and important. And that energy floods you. So it's kind of like if you want to receive, um, you have to give that energy. And that's kind of like you've talked about law of attraction and everything like that. Um, it's kind of, I think that's what it is. Um, I, I don't feel very comfortable asking her for things. Like I ask her, I, I do explain, I do t- like talk to her and I say like, this is what I'm going through and this is what I, I really need. But I, I, I just, it's more like I'm asking for the ability to um, connect with it, what I want and, you know, myself, you know, I just want to grow so that I can receive um, whatever it is that I, that I feel will help me to, you know, in terms of materialist, material life, like help me to um, be able to have more impact, be able to, mm. um, you know, continue this path without obstacles, because the most important is that I, is that I'm growing as a human being, I don't feel there's any value in trying to get anything, you know, I, I've had, I've had the privilege of having a lot of things in my life more than what most people in the world have. And none of those things really made me feel happy. But what makes me feel happy is, um, is opening up to life and opening up to uh, the subtler dimensions of life, you know? So I want, I want that the material aspect of life is handled so that I, so that I can continue to do this and to make it happen for, to help to make it happen for other people. So when I, when I do ask for things, it's on that context. Mm. Um, a lot of people still asking for the material things and um, there's such a heaviness to that, um, that you don't have when you're giving, when you're offering and when you're sharing. And even when I share, like for example, apart from the, the school we're doing, I'm also working with um, one particular group of Maasai women. So this was kind of a spontaneous thing that suddenly happened. My friend was like, can you donate to um, the Manyatas? He's Maasai. And I was like, um, sure, I can do that. But, but then the idea just came in my mind, like how about you start a business, an online business, you know, and I will do all the technical stuff and help you to do all these things. And I will help to set it up, you know, for nothing. I don't want anything, but I just want to be able to help and teach and share, like, so that the women can support their own manyatas, mm. like, by themselves. They're not relying on anybody for um, the money so that they can create a new opportunity because usually they depend on tourism and that's not happening so I said you know online is good like they make beautiful things beautiful jewelry Mm. and it's really cool if the women can you know can can have their own business and watch it expand so that's what we're doing and wait let me try to remember what the point of my saying this was I kind of forgot (laughs) I forgot but anyway essentially it feels good to to give and 
not not give material like not you know somebody wants a present here's your present it's like you share something that has a little bit more value that can last a little bit longer for somebody in their life you made a great point actually for for law of attraction even to stop asking for something specific like i want this new phone or something but to rather say things like you know i want to connect to more people i want to have a, a larger reach i want to take photo like beautiful pictures of wherever i go i like instead of instead of um going for i want iphone da, 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 you know to really see what uh, why do you want it like the so because the feeling is much more important than the object because the feeling is what will get you there what will get you whatever it is that you want so really really good point actually <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then the, I would say from, from my side, the last thing that I would love to talk about is um, sobriety, because we feel like you shared being drunk on, on Devi, being drunk on, on, on yoga, on meditation. And nowadays it's even proved by, you know, backed up by science that if you do the practices, um, you're, you're basically high. So, um, Yeah, I feel like there is a certain uh, escapism in, in society. And um, if that's through the phone, if that's through the television, um, and many times through, through you know, um, drinking and, and, and all these things. So, yeah, if you could talk about that. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely, I mean, I went through Alcoholics Anonymous and all that kind of stuff, you know. I, I don't, I don't. A lot of people will disagree with me um, if I say this, especially people who are struggling. I don't believe that we are, there's such a thing as like you're born. One thing you learn in Alcoholics Anonymous is that there are a certain group of people that are born as addicts or like, you know, and that's what you're taught. And you're like, this is why you have to always be, you know, you're always recovering. You're always recovering. You know? And I, and I also did that whole process and, um, I, I have to say I disagree now um, because once you learn that you're you're just looking to expand yourself, um, you're just looking to experience things more intensely, more deeply. Mm. Um, when you realize this um, and you have an outlet or you have a, you have a way that is actually transforming you and actually deepening your life, you don't need those things anymore. You know, like I, I, I used to love, you know, partying on the weekends and whatever, like um, I used to, I, I, and then I started to like, at first it was just on the weekends, but then I started to um, drink and smoke and all that by myself all the time. And, <laughs> and you could look at me and say, I was an addict. Um, it was just for a short few years, but still like you could have looked at me and people did. And they said like, um, you must be addicted da, da, da. and I went through the whole thing like saying I'm an alcoholic <laughs> my name is I'm an alcoholic this is my story da, da, da. but I don't believe that's the case I think that people just don't have um, something that brings them more joy like now when I look back like a lot of people like they continue to drink and they think like my life is so boring because I'm sober And, um, and I just look back and I just think like, wow, your life must be so boring. Like there's nothing new. You just, you get wasted and you get wasted again. And, and it actually gets worse and worse and worse slowly by slowly. Like there's never, never anything changes. N nothing more exciting ever happens. Like 
you either need to look for new people to sort of catch your interest or like excite you like when you're drunk like or something or be more stupid or be more reckless or um it, it just doesn't actually take you anywhere and I remember like I started realizing this when I was younger like I would go to a, I, when I first started going to parties and dancing I would just love it it was like wow this is so new and exciting I have no cares in the world <laughs> after some time it was just like I remember I'd be like at a party and I'd be like dancing and all of a sudden I would just suddenly stop and just be like what the hell this is so mm. boring and I would just go home <laughs> immediately I would ditch everyone like I had come with a whole bunch of people and all of a sudden I would just like <laughs> there's actually a photo one photo an old photo of me just like in a in a group of people and I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> just like standing like a ghost like I'm and I, I looked at that picture and was like yeah that was the moment when I decided I mm. would like to go home and watch Paris of the Caribbean or something <laughs> just like it was just so boring after a certain point mm. um, so it would be awesome if more people could um, realize this quicker. Unfortunately, with the entertainment industry, you know, mm. the alcohol industries and basically drug culture peddled through, you know, blockbuster films and music videos and all these things. They're always trying to make this lifestyle look glamorous and look mm. exciting, look powerful and look like, you know, this is what people who have no... You know, this is what people who are like on the edge and living life do. And <laughs> not, not that all. is so true. So true, actually. Like even in like successful people, they have the whiskey at the end of the day, you know, tossing yeah. on together <laughs> lawyers and like, you know, rich people. And then, you know, you get the you get your um like a, a big car and then within the car there's like the perfect place to put your whiskey in and it's it's so crazy actually if you like how it's like a program like it a is. matrix depend <laughs> on each other like the industries pay each other and mm. they communicate with each other because they want to keep it they want to keep this illusion going that you make something more of yourself if you have xyz Sometimes I look at people, like I'm somebody, I like when people wear like nice quality things or, you know, like if you see like a nice shirt or whatever, it's, it's not important to me, but I can appreciate it. You know, I appreciate aesthetic. However, when I see someone wearing clothes as though it enhances them, I can only laugh at them. Like when I see people wearing fancy things and expensive things as though it somehow mm makes them more like I'm just like this is really awkward because you're not more it looks like how to explain it like you're a child wearing your mom's clothes and pretending mm. to be your mom like it kind of just has that energy of like you're wearing something that something too big for you like I mean it, it's like uh, how do I how do I even explain this in a way that like in, in my feeling it's just such a strange thing to see like just start watching watching people who who wear fancy hats and this and that and it's like they're just repeating what the people before mm. them wore when they when they were cool and it's like these people may have been cool because of what they had to offer to the world not because of what they had what they were wearing mm. maybe they were wearing those things 
because they had the money to and because they enjoyed it or whatever but it's not what made them special mm-hmm. what made them special was you know be it their art that they you know something of themselves something that came from within is what enhanced them and made them available to the world in the way that they were like mm. uh, I, i don't know how to put this in a way but i'm just thinking of like trends of fashion and even movies like everything is like something was successful like let's say somebody started you know where like ha- had an amazing film and everything was like kind of like pastel colors and sort of retro vibe now everybody in the world is doing this whole thing it's like mm. the point wasn't that it was the retro thing or whatever the point was that it was like the movie connected with you or the story connected with you or the music connected with you in some way um find what it is that is within you that you can share with people that's wonderful and special not how to make other people see you as special you know that's the problem that has nothing to do with the drugs and alcohol i guess but um anyway in terms of like how they sell these things to people um yeah and it would be nice if a lot more young people start to realize this sooner um because i know so many people i grew up with were so cool and so smart and so funny and so they still are but they i can see that like it, it's having an effect on them you know it's having an effect on them they're not fully alive they're not the way that they were when they were kids and that doesn't have to end uh, you know that doesn't have to that spark and that um excitement and that aliveness it doesn't have to end when you start hitting a certain age and some of the most craziest funniest awesomest randomest people that i grew up with are now really in a box and it's really sad for me to see so you know i hope that more of us can start living a life where you know we get high on life and we get high on these energies that come from within ourselves um because that would just be so amazing to see if that if that swept the world instead of mind numbing bone uh, br- uh, body destroying chemicals you know mm. Mm. Sorry, I don't know if I answered your question. Yes. Kind of... <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, you know, Sadhguru said, um, definitely there is a way with alcohol, there is a way with cannabis, that, like it's possible for you, but uh, it's not the most efficient way. And out of, I don't know, thousands of people that do it, maybe one person will, you know, reach a certain level, a certain level of um, intensity. Um, but most people will get will you know drown and so yoga is is a is a science is a system that you know it just works because it's a science it's, so why not make use of something that works 100% if you know if it's out there if it's available i have a funny story actually so as you said like Sadhguru said that it can work for a certain, like, you know, some people. Um, but most people are not doing these things for that purpose. Mm. So it's definitely not going to work. They're trying to run away from their inner fear. They're trying to entertain themselves. They're trying to avoid 
you know, the feeling that all of us have that there's something more and I'm missing it and I don't know what it is. It's such a nagging feeling. And that is the feeling that everyone uses to escape. And that's something that I'm pretty sure about. Like, the, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you don't even consider using drugs. You don't need it. <laughs> it doesn't even cross your mind. Only once you start going through a certain level of, you know, certain amount of conditioning and you've been sort of suppressed in some ways do you start looking for some way to escape yourself mm -hmm. and that's when the desire starts to arise and that depends on many different things but when I was um, younger I started to take like I started to experiment or whatever just a few times not even that much I tried the mag magic mushrooms and at one time I had this experience where I was like at a festival and I remember like um, I heard this um, this really incredible voice like singing this like this amazing sound. It was like mind blowing. It was like, I don't even know. It was like shook my whole bones you know and I and I was looking I looked and I saw like on this stage there was like this blue man with dreadlocks like shaking his dreadlocks and singing and I was like I was literally shattered in tears like I kept on stopping and like, do you hear that? I was like free it was it was so incredible um and that for me was like that was that and the you know the first time I ever took um, mushrooms was like I saw I felt like I saw uh, nature in such a magical mm. way and mm. um, I those two experiences was the point where I was like there's something else here you know there's something more to life you know there's something more this is what I need you know and uh, that was that was like the step you know your original question was like what was your step I think that was my step like um, so for some people, there is a purpose, but the problem is that people don't have the guts to get off that substance when the time, when, when they've seen that what they're looking for is something deeper, they don't get off the substance, they just keep taking it. And then they'll never achieve it. In fact, they'll destroy any possibility because their body will be completely frazzled um, unless they do some extreme self-care years of like getting themselves back into a place of health and wellness which is what happened to me after like starting from when I went to university like that was like my because of that experience I was seeking and then I aligned with you know getting sober and getting eating greens and eating raw, more raw foods and you know for a while I only ate raw foods and basically I was I was step by step like getting the health back into my body so that um, I could find somebody like Sadhguru and be able to receive it. Mm. Um, but definitely, I remember those getting to a point where I would sm smoke weed or something and I wouldn't feel any high. Like, I, nothing happened to me. Like, I was completely, my, like, I was completely the same person. I would just, mm. no change. Like, uh, and Sadhguru says sometimes that can happen, like people, they drink a lot, but they're still completely aware and the same. And I, and I think that really happened, that happened to me, like, um, which is one of the reasons why I didn't see the point of doing it anymore. <laughs> mm. What's the point? You're trying to get something out of it. You're trying to feel something else. And um, 
something in me was just like I'm ready for something something different <laughs> so that's my hope is that people can um can come to this realization sooner so that they can have a chance of experiencing the magic that many of us have gotten to experience from the yoga because um it's been just so epic you know and so it seems like it's for somebody who has no context like they couldn't imagine how it can be possible that we can feel more high without any substance than they do when they when they spend like $100 every week just to get you know wasted and everything so this is a free this is free we save a, we save a lot of money we get to do other things with our lives I sure I sure you experienced I had those kind of moments with um, cannabis when I was like smoking and I was suddenly in the zone you know I was like so creative and I was out there in nature hiking I was appreciating nature much more actually so many things that like I'm grateful for for cannabis coming into my life but the people that I saw around me who were smoking consistently I was like somehow when they when they were talking when they were speaking there was no clarity their mind was like a clutter you know like there were so many pieces everywhere and and like these people were like one of them was a de like dealing with drugs like traveling with drugs and he was just smoking all the time and um and the other was also just smoking so much so so much and i saw them going through like ups and downs but like when they went down they were like crashed on the floor like they were hitting their head against the floor like it it was so bad and i looked and i looked at them and i was like i don't want to be like this like i don't want to go this path and i know if i continue smoking there's like the possibility of me being the same place where they are is like very like almost 100% you know and so i i was i was like, similarly like you said with the mushrooms i had the beautiful experience but i kind of knew that i don't like i don't want to make myself dependent upon a substance to have this kind of experience and i didn't believe that guru when he said you can be high on yoga you know i was like maybe you can do this i can't i can't do this you know exactly i was laughing at him i was like this guy is just speaking like he's just talking nonsense like no way why would why would people smoke cannabis <laughs> Why would people drink alcohol? Why would people do LSD? Why would like you know now when you look at the, uh, platforms like Gaia, they're they're like even spreading information yeah. that this is the highest. If you do ayahuasca, you will realize yourself. And then I yeah. I, I traveled to Colombia and I was like surrounded by people that took ayahuasca and I saw them and I looked at them and I thought about doing it, you know, and and I like had a conversation with them and I was like. These people, they don't seem like anywhere uh, closer to their truth, their passion, than where I am right mm -hmm. now, you know. And maybe one person out of, I don't know, 10, 15 people that I talked to was like, uh, had a certain experience. And he, you know, um, through, that, through that experience, he kind of um, got into his creative side and he started to work with that. But he's not continuing to go back to do ayahuasca, you know. But then yeah. people that I met who were doing it, they were just broken, you know, like, I don't know, they were, they didn't inspire me to do it. And so I was like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I have one more 
one more story for you that just that you just reminds me. So one of the one of the I uh one of the one of the last few times I ever smoked weed, I remember I had been sober for a while, and I'd gone to this like event, and um this is relevant because of the I also had an experience like you when I suddenly saw that nobody had clarity, but. Basically, I used to like to, like, we used to hang out with, like, my friends and we'd do a lot of freestyle rapping and stuff like that. And um, I remember we went to this group of, like, we were at this museum and there was some kind of party and, like, we went to um, the DJ's house and we were all just, like, sitting around, just a chill thing, just sitting. They would play some beats and we would just start rapping, like, (laughs) around the circle. And uh, I remember, like, I was I was into it like before I smoked the weed and then as soon as I smoked the weed I suddenly was like it was like somebody had like you know those film reels where the old film reels where Mm. you see little boxes it was like somebody had pulled me it was like we were in one of those little boxes and somebody just pulled me out of that box and I suddenly saw like we're living so small like we're just like so obsessed with like all these tiny little things happening in our little world and we think it's so important, but it's really not important. And I remember hearing them and I, and I, it was like so strange. It was like they were rapping and they were all around me. They were all like, yeah, yeah. But they sounded like cavemen. <laughs> like, mm. They sounded like, like, like old, like we were like, uh, like almost like beating sticks against rocks and <laughs> thinking it was really cool. <laughs> That's, 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 like that. I literally it was like I was looking at them like oh my gosh like how do how do we think that this is cool at all like we just it hit me that we are capable of so much more mm. so I don't know for what reason it was but I just felt this strong feeling like oh my god we are we are so complex and we're doing this stupid thing like we're su- doing such stupid things mm. and we and we're all cheering for it. And and I, I got such a sick feeling. I was like, oh my God, like I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to be free. That was a very intense moment for me where I wanted to I I wanted to free my intelligence, like my I wanted to free my consciousness. Like I didn't know it in the way that I'm saying it now, but I had a very strong desire, like I'm I need to get out of this way of life and that was another another experience Mm. for me because of the substances but it definitely I do not recommend other people use it so that they can have those feelings of suddenly Mm. wanting to be free I don't recommend it because it takes a lot of strength once you start doing these things it takes a lot of strength especially if you if you've built a lifestyle if you have a group of peers and they all do mm. this like you know to pull yourself out of that is one of the most difficult things in the world it takes a lot of either you've hit rock bottom and you have no choice or you really have to want it so bad to change your life you know and it's so rare for those circumstances to happen to people so that's why you know um starting young having alternative ways of life um, available to youth is so important and um, you know that's again goes back to what, why we want to do the school and all that stuff because we mm. want to we want that to happen for people so they don't have to go through the hell of 
trying to change when they've already become addicted to something mm. you know yes yes i want to add one thing because i don't want to dismiss the power of plant medicine Yeah. Um, you know, certain people in our past, they shamans or whatever you want to call them, they were in touch with nature and they knew for what to use these things, you know, even things like ayahuasca or psychedelic mushrooms. Nature didn't like put it out for no reason. It, there is a reason for this, but it's 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 a medicine. So this is not something to be abused, not something to be smoked out of like fun or, you know trying to to get to get somewhere to get something um there's a lot of usage for sure for for things like cannabis but nowadays when we know that we can extract cbd and we don't really need to have the thc which is actually destroying the the nerves the, the brain cells um if we can you know we have so much technology and science that we we can figure another way a different way out you know so I don't want to dismiss it to anybody who's listening. I'm not saying it's evil or it's bad or it's the worst thing that you can do. But it's not a solution. It's not the ultimate. So don't settle down for it. Yeah, it's not necessary. As you said, it's a medicine. That means that you are sick. So if we can avoid being sick, then you um, don't need a medicine. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, yeah. I think one of the reasons I had those experiences with those things is because I approached it as well as, you know, really respectfully mm. and, um, you know, something of myself was, I don't know, seeking to connect with nature. So that's one of the reasons why for me, the experience had some kind of a, eye-opening effect mm. but once I started to do it more than that my life hit the fan like it really it like took a like mm. as you said you saw your friends that that happened to me so that's the that's the danger of it is that you know it's really shouldn't be used by the general public especially mm. in an age when we're having so much mental health crisis To be taking things like this on your own, even just smoking weed and all that kind of stuff, like really, it kind of um, enslaves you in a way. But again, I completely agree with what you say, and hopefully one day people can know how to use all plant medicine in the right, correct way. Yes, yes. I mean, if you look at the shamans in the in the forest, they do like a whole ritual. Like first, you need to cleanse yourself. Like first, you you have to cleanse your body by a certain diet. Uh, you do certain practices. You do chanting. You sing together. There is a group of people. There's somebody who's guiding you along the like so many things that that are being taken care of. It's not just you sitting down in your home, and then just like uh, I don't know. Or, you know, going to the park, like when I walk around and I see people hiding while smoking and I'm like, yeah. ah, that's, that's a medicine. <laughs> so, yeah, I love your perspective on it. And, and thank you for sharing everything that, that you did. <laughs> thank you. That was a lot, lot of fun. And sorry if I went on on certain topics. And it was actually very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful to, to to talk to you. Is there anything else that, that is on your mind? Or otherwise, I feel like it was a nice, a very nice flow. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, okay, good.
I, I think that's it. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yeah. Good. Then thank you for for joining. Thank you. And I hope to see more of your page. I'm excited for yeah. the content on your page. I'll so, share. Maybe you can put that uh, in the link also. Yeah. Um, because I think it would be really awesome, especially for women to, uh, and men, because it, it applies to men. Because uh, mm. today, sorry, I will just say this one thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't agree with all um, forms of the, of, well, I don't agree with feminism, both aspects. One is the new kind of feminism that is kind of like, we're all the same, da 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 da. Uh, the other kind of feminism, which is, um, more like the traditional feminism, which is very much, um, it's what established our rights, which is the wonderful thing. But it also, um, I have noticed that there is this sort of like, um, there's so much pain within this group of what women have endured. Um, I, I don't agree with the notion that we, that to go forward, that we have to in, like, um, that it means eliminate and exclude the males because it's just not mm. realistic. Um, so the reason I wanted to share the thing about the uh, matriarchies and goddess worship is because um, how, the, how did this impact the males? And a lot of people think if it, if it was so, if it worked so well, why, why isn't it still around today? Well, that's also what I want to show. How, who, why, when, how were these systems dismantled? Because it wasn't just that it didn't work. It was that it was systematically dismantled intentionally over years. So people had to, it was a years of um, um, changing people's psyches and people's relationship with the earth and with women and with their culture in order for these um, civilizations to fall apart. So it, you know, uh, that's also why I wanted to share the pages is because they aren't not here anymore because they didn't work. They're not here because they were, um, they were dismantled intentionally. So I want to explain that, and I want to, I want to kind of envision through understanding the past um, what we can do for tomorrow and have discussions on the page about how we can start. How can we? Uh, how can we mingle the um, the old ways with the world that we live in today? Um, just hear people's thoughts and from men and from women and to create like, you know, how what Sadhguru has done is made us all have one goal is to spread consciousness. And, you know, that's what I, I, I also want to, to do. Um, through reorganizing, like envisioning how we can reorganize our societies and relation, interpersonal relationships based on um, sacred knowledge of the past and some that is still alive today. Um, yeah, and, and basically just educate people on, you know, their country. A lot of people think like, my country is Muslim, that's how it's always been, or my country is Christian, that's how it's always been. No, it's not. <laughs> Your country, you know, your ancestors also worshipped these being these um, the goddesses, and they lived in a certain way. And 
and they were violently stripped away of those ways of life. And how would you feel if you saw this actually happening to your ancestors? Would you still want to be part of a culture? I mean, part of a legacy that did this to people and to women? Like yeah, people don't want to let go of, um, you know, things like religion and, you know, ways of life because they feel it connects them with familiarity, but, mm -hmm if they knew that, you know, it may feels like it connects them to their blood, their history, their ancestors, but it's like, you, if you really want to connect with your ancestors, you would look even deeper than that and try to do something with your life that can honor them in the best way, you know? For me, that's getting rid of um, the colonizers' <laughs> um, legacies, you know, uh, on the planet. And, and that takes some time and that takes some education so that's why why i want to do that wonderful <laughs> i love right. it yeah <laughs> amazing amazing keep it on keep the vision on and i'm sure people will love it i love Thank it you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you <laughs> thank you Nusa. thank you for the awesome name that name is just uh, so rad i love it <laughs> Feel free to subscribe, like, and share, comment, and we will be very happy to have you join on, on more Namaskar. Um,